Welcome to the Full 60 featuring Craig Custance and presented by The Athletic. Each week, we'll dive into the biggest stories in hockey while bringing in unique voices to entertain and explain all aspects of the game. Hey, this is Craig, and welcome to this week's episode of The Full 60. This week's guest is Jeff Lavecchio, who is a retired professional hockey player who played at Western Michigan University, not too far from me, where I am now in Kalamazoo. I mean, not too far, a few hours away. Um, Played in the Boston Bruins system, also played internationally, who retired a few years ago to pursue his passion of training players. And he's the owner of a company called Ripped Hockey Training, also is a co-host of a fantastic hockey podcast called the Hockey Think Tank Podcast with Topher Scott. Um, I've been on that pod. It's it's a great listen, really just smart intellectual, how to, how to get better. And I wanted to get Jeff on the podcast in this moment in time, because he works with hockey players and he trains hockey players um, from all levels, you know, from a 10-year-old kid to NHL players. Uh, and one of the questions I've been getting asked the most as the world kind of shuts down is what are players doing? Like, what are they, how are they staying in shape? Um, how are they going to be ready if the season cranks back up in a couple months? How long can they go without you know, practicing on the ice or playing in games before it becomes really problematic um, to to have a postseason. All kinds of questions that I really don't didn't have a great answer to. And I knew somebody like Jeff who, you know, the, when we did this interview, he had just gotten off the phone with a player, talked to him earlier in, in that day um, in the NHL. And I, I thought he would be a great glimpse into that. Which he was, as you'll find out in this interview. But he also, I also wanted him on here because he's, you know, he's a guy that's got has his own gym, he has his own clients, and I noticed on Instagram this week he has now started doing these live training sessions for anyone that that's that has things around the house that they can lift, a backpack full of books, and and he just he really wants to help other people get through all of this, both both physically, mentally. Um, and, and just staying sharp and finding ways to improve. And I love people like that. I love people who are eager to help out, um, share what they know. And Jeff, with his wealth of knowledge about hockey, uh, about training, is definitely one of those people. So this was this was a really interesting conversation um, that you know took a couple of twists as it went on. I didn't even get to everything I wanted to do. This is a guy that he worked with Tim Peel when he was injured to get him back on the ice. I wanted to get into that. Didn't even... We weren't even able to scratch that the surface on some of the stuff, but um, we did go deep on on what players are doing now, what to expect over the next couple of months, and really like how we all physically can can look for ways to get better right now. So, um, without any further delay, my full sixty conversation with Jeff Lavecchio. All right, Jeff. Well, let's start here. Well, I mean, before we get too far along or in at all, how how are things going? How are you holding up in all this? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, I, I, it's kind of, you know, it's pretty awkward not being in the gym. I mean, my whole life is, is based around trying to get people in the gym and help them achieve their goals. And it's really awkward when, when you can't do that stuff. So I definitely miss, miss being around people and miss feeding off the energy and stuff like that. But I, I closed my gym before other gyms started closing just because to me, I'd rather be over precautious with something like this than under um, you can right. always do things if you're under precautious, but if, or if you're over precautious, I'm sorry, but if you're under yeah. precautious and you catch us and spread it, we're just going to be all in this longer. And 
it's more dangerous. So this is what That's it is. What, like, I, I, like kind of at the outset of this, someone was like, yeah, I'm still going to go to the gym. And I'm like, of all the, pl- like, you know, people oh. sweating and grunting yeah. and whatever. I'm like, you know, I'm like, that seems to be, that's pretty far down my list of areas I'd want to be. I mean, that's how I am anyways, because I'm lazy, but especially. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it literally seems like, like a Petri dish. Like the, I don't right. care how much you're cleaning stuff. Like at least when people train with me, they're sweating, they're breathing heavy. Like it's right. just like the perfect storm to get, to get this. So of course you should close your gym. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So uh, here's where I want to dive in, Jeff. Is is you know we're uh, you know I, my colleagues Scott and Pierre just had Bill Daly on their podcast this afternoon, and you know talk, the league is modeling all these different scenarios on what it, it's going to look like if and when they return to play for the season. And uh, you know, sounds like pretty much every option is in the air because we it, we're we're still fairly early in all of this and, and how to do it. And I'm sitting here, and, I, and I've talked to kind of players and agents about this and they're like boy there's you know you if you start taking significant time off there's no way you you can jump in and do a playoff tournament or something you know so whatever we can dream up and I, and I wanted to start there like what what sensor what you know what are you advising players to do in, in the moment to not completely you know lose everything they've kind of geared up for at this point in the season so that's like the question I've been getting nonstop because it's yeah. it's actually really it's actually really in depth and a lot more uh, a lot more variables and factors and people understand. Um, okay. What one is you know what level are you at you know depending on what level you're at like the NHL I think is the only hockey league in the world that has a chance to come back from from who I'm talking to and everyone. Um, yeah. But first and foremost, like you said, does it even make sense to come back if the guys have been off for a month or two? Like if they're off for a month and they're not skating at all for a month, there's nothing you can do that replicates skating other than rollerblading. But even then, you don't actually like push the same way. Your ankle up your knee, up into your hip doesn't actually move the same way. So you're going to mm-hmm. look at a lot of guys opening themselves up to injuries if you wait a month, two months, and then come back and jump into playoffs, the most intense hockey ever. So right. that's one of my one of my big concerns because there's really no way to 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 um, work on skating and stuff like that. So if you're still working out, you can do things to try to stay in quote unquote hockey game shape. However, like you're going to be losing a little bit of strength when you do those things. And, and we're all going to be losing strength. Like I talked to one of my buddies in the NHL today who I grew up playing with. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, I'm going on Craig Custance's podcast. He's like, well, I'm somebody who has to stay active. I know all guys aren't, but I am. He's, he's yeah. doing whatever he can outside. Uh, the trainers are dropping off kettlebells and um, uh, bars and dumbbells and weights to guys in the NHL to, to stay fit. But like I said, I mean, if you're not playing, it's pretty hard to stay in game shape. Um, anyone who's below the NHL, all my college, junior, AHL, European pros and my amateurs, I'm telling them like, look, I think that we need to, if it goes on a few more days, I think that's your rest period post season. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to get into building the foundations for next year because you're not coming back. Like the season's over. Let's get ready for tryouts. Probably now we'll be pushed to the end of summer and let's build your foundation for next year. Yeah. So is there a mental, like, is, I mean, you know, you played, you know what it's like when you start to sit, even if you're working out, is there a, a cutoff where you're like, it would just be irresponsible if they even played without a lengthy training? Is it like a month? Is it two months? Like what's the cutoff where you, before you're like, it's just not a good idea to even come back this season? 
Um, I would probably say only from the player's perspective, right? I'm looking yeah, at right. like I I look at the player's perspective. I'm not looking at the owners, the money, the people that need jobs to work. We're only talking about players' health and safety. I would probably say that cutoff would be a month and a half, two months, maybe maybe two yeah. months, but that would be with like a very serious two week training camp before any games are played again. And the, you'd have to roll in slowly. When I was in camp with the Bruins, I, you know, my first year, second year pro, because I missed my first year with a concussion. I'll, I'll never forget, Claude Julian came into the locker room and he told us all, you know, it's a couple days into camp. If your guys' groins and hip flexors are getting sore, don't stop and start. Just make like a sharp turn so it's easier on your groins. And this is a kid coming up, playing his first NHL training camp. And I'm like, oh, my God, like I've been taught like – go past the line, stop on everything, like details, details, details. But that's a professional detail, keeping yourself healthy. And keeping yourself healthy and able to play is one of the most important things you can do as a professional athlete. So they got to take that into account. Um, So what would, uh, if you were to design it, what would the, uh, it's like we're in such uncharted territory here. What would like a training camp in say late April even look like? Like, you know, what would you have guys do to ramp up if they're sitting for after a month or month and a half? Well, I mean, first of all, hopefully they would they would know that it's coming a week or two before if that's possible. Yeah. Um, like right now, I'm not trying to plug my own business. Like I'm trying to help. No, go ahead. I man. <laughs> no, I know, but that's not that's not what I'm on here to do. Right. Um, like I, I use an app called Train Heroic, where I send guys programs, and I, I my plan actually was to release an off season program that anyone could join my team starting this week for all the kids. Yeah. Um, and then it, it's it every, it's very cool. There's a video of me doing every exercise and coaching people through exactly what the form should look like because that's the hard thing for people who can't afford a trainer is they don't know what the form looks like. So, and even NHL, I got NHL guys who have no idea what exercises should look like and what muscles they should be focusing on. So like this, this um, app I use called train heroic, I have a video of me coaching and doing, putting them through all the exercises. So if I was a team, I would be having a strength coach or their own strength coach be sending their guys, Hey, this is what you need to do for today. Like this, right. this is your job. So like this, we're not taking this time off. We're going to figure out a plan. We're going to ramp it up slowly. And then once you get into that, like a week or two out, I would skate once a day because I think skating twice a day is really hard on the body, especially at that level. And just start the first couple of days pretty slow, get back into it. Maybe after day three, you start ramping it up and you would just really have to focus on the recovery with the guys to maximize that, you know, like thinking like, you know, Norma and, and, um, contrasts and, and, um, salt baths and like anything you can think of that could possibly help with recovery i'd be shoving down the players throats so that they're staying healthy through that quick training camp right i you know i didn't even think about like the there's a whole nutrition side of this too right like he's like i don't even know and i'm sure you know we we go to costco and we're like okay let's try to get two weeks worth of food or whatever i'm sure the the teams and the players are like making sure these guys have you know whatever they need like so they're not just eating garbage I would hope so. You know, that's a great question. I haven't asked that, but I think right. that, no, it just occurred to me. I, yeah. I haven't asked any of the boys that, uh, however, but like when you're in the NHL, like specifically talking about NHL, AHL, like the highest yeah. leagues in the world, like those guys are all talked to about nutrition now nonstop. And if you're at that level, most of the guys who used to eat 
badly and eat like crap. They kind of gotten weeded out in the last probably five, eight years. Um, right. So I would think I would think most guys are taking that part pretty seriously because they don't want to jump back in and get injured again. Like being a yeah. pro, a part a big part of that is being able to stay healthy. So, but the 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 contrast of that though is like pe- the, the doomsday preppers or, or or the people who are just being responsible and trying to stay home as much as they can. Like they're trying to go. At least you know I am. I went grocery shopping and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get as much food as I can to where I don't have to keep going out and put myself into contact with others. Because again, I'd rather be over precautious. So like anyone listening who's trying to think of ideas like you know i got a a ton of frozen uh vegetables because they're gonna last i got a ton of frozen fruit um for my carbs i got frozen sweet potatoes because they're super healthy very clean very easy um i got rice all of those things are gonna last and i don't have to go to the grocery store every other day like i usually do when i'm buying fresh food um yeah that's a great it's funny like i I was just talking to my wife about this last night. The frozen veggies wasn't even like we we got a lot of cans, and I'm like, why didn't we load up our freezer? Like that's probably going to be round two at some point. Because you were it's, watching uh, Doomsday Preppers and thinking, I was, yeah, I'm like, food. why do we have bottled water but no frozen veggies? Like I don't feel like we did this properly. Like, I mean, you geez. know what's another good one is is um, frozen fish. Or you can get okay. fresh fish yeah. and then throw it in the freezer. So I bought I bought an insane, not an insane amount. Like it's not like yeah. I'm stealing other people's food. And I also went, when I went to the grocery stores, I was buying, all the food was gone, but I was buying the food, like the healthy stuff that no one wanted. So it actually pays to be healthy right now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Everybody oh else is buying gosh. pizza rolls and I'm over here buying fresh fish. That's great. That's great. So, uh, so all right. So in the short term, what, you know, what kind of... I, exercises or what are you recommending people do like right now players at even like lower levels if they're like i'm not sure how this is going to play out i don't want to just completely stagnate like what specific things are you having them do so that's the toughest question i kind of alluded to it earlier so what i've been telling guys is is basically anyone who's in the ahl nhl all european pros they're done my guy all my guys from europe that are pros they're back already um and they're all self-quarantining which i'm really proud of them for doing that because you just never know but um ahl nhl those guys they you don't want to go too hard and and burn yourself out but you also right. you need to exercise and you need to kind of keep yourself quote unquote as game ready as you can be. So those guys I think should be doing quite a bit different things than excuse me the rest of the hockey world. I'll start with the rest of the hockey world. I think they should be starting okay. their foundation for off-season training. So again, not trying to talk about how I'm yeah. doing it, but like I use my app and um, I'm actually coming out with a program that's going to start next Monday that anyone anywhere can sign up for. And I want to make it super cheap since people aren't uh, making money and able to work as much right now to where you go online, you, you sign up for this program, it's all sent to your phone and it's going to be like building a foundation. So it'll be all at home and um, no, no weights because you got to think about the masses. Most people don't have bands and stuff. Um, so the first couple of weeks, we're just going to do a lot of body weight stuff, uh, a lot of, a lot of prepping your body, prehab, working on balance, things like that. So I want the pros, I have the pros, the ones that are working out to stay in game shape. They're doing that as well as I'm sending them kind of like circuit training to keep their heart rate up. Um, yeah. some strength exercises in there mixed with circuit training, mixed with core, cause they're doing something a little different. They're not prepping for the off season. They're just trying to stay ready if they need to play in the coming weeks. Um, what about skating? Like, do you, are any of these guys skating or do you, is that something you would recommend right now? 
So I don't know how. how I, yeah. I, well, so where do you live, Craig? I'm in I'm in uh, suburban Detroit. So Macomb right, County. I knew that. That's right. Because I yeah. remember from when you came on our po- podcast. By the way, so cool that you came on our podcast when we were nothing and we had no listeners. That was awesome. Um, I love just. We can plug it now, and I'll I'll, I'll plug it before. But ho- you're referring to your pod, Hockey Think Tank, which with Topher is 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 great because it's it's just I I love the the approach you guys it's a lot of just really smart people really giving advice it's it's not you know what's going on right now in, in the standings it's really good advice thoughtful advice about getting better so there that's yeah that thank part. you yeah I mean we, we have a great time with it and we're keeping that going right now and trying to bring on people that can help and since we brought it up real fast again, we had on two mental coaches I and mean, we've had some yeah. awesome guests like, like Marty St. Louis, Brian Gianta, Paul Stasny, Cam Jansen, Rob Shrimp, who talked about kind of mental health battles in his uh, career, mm. which I thought was really cool that he opened up and talked about that on one of our early episodes. Um, you, Bob Mancini from USA Hockey, but we had two mental coaches on, uh, one named Matt Calderoni, works with tons of NHL players and, and all sports, and one named Ricky yeah. Mendez. And I think right now, if anyone's going to listen, those are two that I would listen to because, you know, this is a time for introspection. You don't want to get anxiety. You don't want to get depressed. Like you can still do things to get better. I mean, look at you, it's Thursday morning and you're working, putting out podcasts. Like you can still yeah. do things and still accomplish things and feel good about yourself. Um, you know, that's, that's what you got to do. What was the question before that? I started thinking. No, about it, it, well, I do. And it's, I'm going to, I'm going to put a pin on that and we're going to circle back onto the, to the mental side, because I think that goes hand in hand with some of this, but um, just in terms of skating, like if you're, if you, oh, yeah. you know, how much skating do you think guys need to be doing right now? So that's why I asked where you're from because I totally blanked on that, but obviously I knew that. Um, I don't know how it is in Detroit, but here in St. Louis, as of right now, I believe all the rinks are closed except for yeah. one. Um, they're still running stuff because that's a privately owned rink. It's actually where my gym is, but I I have the gym closed right now. Um, so some kids are still skating. Some guys are still skating. If you can get, if you're a pro and you can get to the rink and be on the ice, I, I personally would be on the ice by myself. Because again, I'd right. rather be over precautious than under, or maybe out there with a goalie and get dressed in different locker rooms. And then because I'm never <laughs> right, going to get right. too close to the goalie, especially because I have no hands. So I'm not going in there deking the goalie. I would have been <laughs> shooting from further away. Um, yeah. But like if you can get on the ice and skate by yourself or like you can get on the ice and you could have three guys, three different locker rooms, three different showers, and one guy could be in yeah. one zone, one guy could be in the middle, one guy. And obviously that's taking, again, being over precautious, but you could get out there and do stuff and you should you should be totally fine as long as you're washing your hands when you're touching doorknobs and all that stuff. Yeah. But other than that, like I said here, all the rinks are pretty much closed, so you can't skate. So, so if you, you got really rollerblades- option. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not really an option. So if you have rollerblades, I mean, you can still go outside with this thing, just socially distance yourself six to 10 feet from everyone else. And you could be skating and stick handling and, and doing stuff like that. And this is a time when people who really care and are really dedicated will separate themselves in whatever mm. their job is or whatever they love to do. I mean, the, the other night I stayed up from 12 a.m. to 8 a.m. working on, which probably isn't good, not sleeping during this virus, but um, <laughs> working on the the app so I could get it ready so that people at home could be could be working out starting on Monday. You know, that's the goal. So you can do something. There, there's no excuse yeah. to do nothing. I love that concept. Like this is this is rather than hey, I'm quarantined. Like here's an opportunity to separate yourself somehow. If yep. if you're not just binging netflix which uh, i'm doing as well but yeah you know what i mean like 
here here is a moment in time where you can be like okay rather than look at it as a negative try to find that that positive yeah and I, you know like Topher, my cousin who runs the pod, who, who runs a podcast, he runs the hockey think tank website also, who I'm just a little bit affiliated with. I'm mainly just on the podcast, but like when we do yeah. speaking engagements, I go like he's putting tons of content up on his Twitter and YouTube to try and help people analyze their game and, and still be able to work to get better. Like my buddy, Rob Shrimp has a company called 44 vision where you can send him game tape and he'll analyze it for you. This is a guy who's one of the most skilled guys I'd ever seen played in the NHL. And you could be like a might double a player. And <laughs> I hope you're not doing that, but you know what I mean? Like you could be a, a, yeah. a bantam, a midget, a peewee and send video to, to Rob. And here's this guy who's, trying to help people out right now. And, you know, I'm sure he's charging less than he usually would and he'll analyze your game and give you notes. So there's, if you want to find a way to get better during this time, you can. So like look in the mirror and do something that's going to make you better. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. And I didn't realize Rob was doing that. That's, that's a cool um, concept that he, that he has. How long has he been doing that? I should have a month. Uh, he just started it a, a, a few yeah. weeks ago and it's, it's like launching in, uh, it rinks everywhere and it's actually a very, very, very cool thing that he's going to be adding a video component, but I don't know, uh, if he's telling people about that yet. So I'm just going to okay. keep my lips because it's something, it, it's, it's a concept that I've never heard before. And I actually truly yeah. believe that, that what he's going to do is going to kind of change the way teams watch video. It's very cool. But, um, you know, for now he's doing the video thing where you send it in and, you know, I'm sure high level, high level guys like could do that with Tove too. I mean, they're always just trying to help people. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. There's, there's a way, if you have a will, there is a way to get better, whether it's working out through YouTube or like an app, whether it's my program or someone else's program, like don't be afraid. You can still do things to get better. Just like when you're injured, Are, if you hurt your leg, so I, you can still work right. out your upper body and stick handle, you know? Right, right. All right. So I, I want to talk about this, this just you talked about the mental side of it. And I think the physical side kind of goes hand in hand. Because if, if people just and, and I would speak to just kind of our listeners who maybe aren't competitive hockey players anymore, or beer leaguers or whatever. What, you know, what do you think um, the best strategy for, you know, those of us that are like, I, I need to keep moving, but I can't go to the gym. And I and, and and I, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on there, I love even on on your Instagram, you're like you're like okay, we're gonna go live and here, grab a backpack full of books, and that's gonna be your weight. Like, I love that kind of concept right now. Yeah, I didn't know if I'd talk about that or not because it's really awkward for me. It's funny. Yeah. I have a podcast where we have a ton of listeners, and um, you know, I've done like commercials and played in front of thousands of fans, but like talking to my phone is very awkward for me. Uh, right, like when right. I'm looking at it, and because you can't like like right now we're conversing, I can hear what you're yeah. saying back to me. I can analyze it. I can see if you're interested. I can hear your inflection when I'm doing these Instagram live workouts, which I, I think. I think I've done three now where I just go on, I go on my Instagram story, I hit the live button and you know, a couple hundred people are watching right now and, and they're doing the workouts with me. Um, it's, I, I can't see what they're doing and I, I'm a big stickler on form and things like that. So like, I can't tell like, 
where is their spine positioned or how are their hips right. looking? So it is a little challenging for me in that respect, but I just thought, you know what, everybody's got to do the best that they can right now. And if you're somebody who's staying home from the gym, which I believe is socially responsible as a human, then I'm going to do my part and get over my awkwardness and I'll just work out and I'll talk people through it just as I would if I was coaching them in front of me and I'll do the workout yeah. with them so they can see everything. So if anybody's looking for free workout, totally free, this has nothing to do with my app. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. My name's at Jeff Lavecchio. And uh, every night, I'm try I think I'm doing them at 6 p.m. now because it seems like if people are working, they can come home and do them. And I've got a ton of feedback that they're loving it. And you can work out with me. And I'm trying to do it with as minimal as equipment as possible. So I did one last night where we only used a backpack. And you could have books ready to fill it up or take it out depending on the exercise. Um, That's great. The day before, we only used a band because a lot of people have bands at home. Um, the day before that, we only used a towel. So I had to get creative and do a lot of isometric stuff and we used a towel. So those workouts aren't really for at, like an NHL guy who's got a goal of, hey, I need to be ready in two weeks, four weeks, six weeks possibly. But those are just Yeah, he's not doing for... the towel workout, that guy. The, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I am. Like yeah. this is now, this is stuff that I can get behind. Right, right. So it's it's more, I mean, if you're an athlete, you just want to get a good sweat and get a good workout, it's great. But it's not like this is designated in a specific um, micro cycle of working out to where I want you to be ready in six months or I want you to be ready in two weeks. They're just great yeah. overall general fitness things and, and to keep your body moving and healthy. And um, activity is so good for anxiety and depression and sweating yeah. and working out. So I thought it would help a lot of people that way. And so far, I've got a ton of positive responses. So I'm going to keep doing it. No, I'm glad you're doing that. And so is that six o'clock central? What time? Yeah, 6 p.m. central. Okay. Yeah, 6 p.m. central. I'm doing it every night and I'm trying to, like I said, try and make it without any equipment as much as possible or like, you know, kind of gangster rig some equipment with like a backpack with books in it. Just figure it out a way. Just like there's no excuses. I still got to get my workouts in and, and everyone else does too. And it'll make you feel better. Um, can, if people can't do it, watch it live, can, is there like a, um, a video of it or whatever, or do you have to be, yeah. have to be watching at that moment? Yeah, there is. So the first okay. one, so I think what happened, so like, again, I was telling you in the pre-show when we were talking, I am, <laughs> yeah. I am not technologically savvy. Uh, <laughs> right. That's how I feel like this is going to sound like two old guys talking about Instagram and how it works right now. <laughs> Cause yeah. I really don't well, know. Like once it goes live, does it disappear? I don't know. Right. Right. So what I've been told is, and I probably should Google this, but cause I've never done Instagram live. Like I said, I feel awkward yeah. talking to my phone. I, I put stuff on Instagram. I have no problem. People filming me working out, whatever, but when it's right. me, looking at the phone, looking at me working out, it's awkward. But so what I, what I've been told is that when I go live that you can follow through for at 6 PM central and do, you know, the hour of the workout. Um, and then I hit a save button and I believe it'll save to my camera roll on the Instagram story okay. for 24 hours. Um, okay. I'm also, I'm also putting the workout up on my Instagram feed. So if you don't even want to watch the video and you just want to do the workout, you can do that as well. So, um, yeah, so okay. the video will be up for 24 hours. All right. I'm in, I will, uh, I will, I will participate in this. This is going to be my, my fitness, um, component to the, <laughs> that's awesome. Let's go, baby. Yes, Let's I go. Love I love it. And I, and I love that you're doing that. Um, Hey, let me interrupt this conversation with Jeff to share a couple quick words about, the Black Tux, this week's sponsor of the Full 60. The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or tuxedo for their big day. 
Did you know the black tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine? Turns out they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from competitor tux shops that, that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. Uh, the second one. We felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with the code FULL60. That's theblacktux.com. Code FULL60 for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. So I want to shift gears a little bit to talk about some of the things you've, you've done in the past, but is there any other advice or thoughts you have just kind of in this moment in time as people are weighing what to do or, or even just kind of things you're hearing from players? Yeah, well, one thing I really, I'm glad you asked. One thing I really wanted to talk about was um, yeah. mindfulness and and taking a breath and stepping back and there's there's an application called headspace i don't yeah. own this application i have no stake in it like i have no no reason to tell anyone about it but other than that i think it could really help people right now i'm someone that i'm not great at meditating on my own and and just being calm my brain is always racing always thinking of ideas and stuff like that um so what i had quite a few concussions throughout my career and once i started meditating and being mindful and controlling not that I had anxiety or anything like that but when I would get nervous about my head going into a game or something like that like being able to sit quietly focus on breathing correctly and just being in the moment um, that application has helped me like so much I can't even say and it's actually free to do like the first 10 and you can keep doing them over and over or you can buy it and you just get better and better and better at it so it's called Headspace um, it's on, I just have it on my iPhone. You yeah, plug in yeah. your headphones, you go sit in a quiet room. I'm telling you, just turn the lights off, sit in a quiet room, put the headphones on and just do whatever the guy um, advises you to do. He's got a very calming voice and it, you will feel like you took a nap and you woke up refreshed after you do the, it's only 10 minutes a day. Um, mm. I think everyone should be going out and doing something like that, like getting, getting an application like that and just focusing on being calm, get, canceling out all this external noise because you can't control it. So like calm yourself down, do it once a day and you'll feel great. How are you supposed to refresh Twitter every 10 seconds um, and see what's <laughs> going on out there when yeah, you're on headspace? Also, yeah, you got to stay off social media if you're oh, like just – unless you want to scare yourself over and over. But at the same time, you, you also – you have to do – stay in, you have to stay informed and, and there's just right. so much noise around this thing where it's like I don't know who to listen to and I don't know – you know, when I was deciding yeah, whether or not yeah. to close a gym, some people were telling me you're an idiot. You're going to lose so much money. Some people are like, oh, you're doing the right thing. And in the end, I was like, look, like – if my clients get sick and they go home and they give it to their grandma or grandpa and then their grandma or grandpa dies because they contracted 
in the gym or I go home and I bring it home to my mom and dad or, or go to their house and they, they right. have a compromised immune system, I'll never be able to live with myself. So, you know, it is what it is. That I mean, so, you know, we hear about the economic impact of all this. You, I mean, you're right in the crosshairs. Like you're a small business owner that's that's reliant on people being able to come to your small business. I mean... Uh, you know, I'm not asking you to open up your books or anything, but what do you like? How how has this impacted you personally in, in that in that aspect? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, the way my the way I do my business is that most of my business volume is done in the summer. Um, okay, so because that's when all the guys are home, all the pros, right. college, junior guys, all the kids are out of school. So, like last summer was my was my second full year doing this after retirement, after retiring from hockey. And I was in the gym 12 to 14 hours a day with 60 guys a day, every, every single day except Sunday. And I'd still have guys in on that day, just not as many. Um, so I do most of my business in the summer. And then what happened this year was all of my, <laughs> all of my clients that I work with, whether they're pros or their kids, all their parents wanted to start working with me. So like oh, I primarily weird. just work with my clients, um, parents, uncles, you know, moms, dads, stuff like that. So it's not a huge part of my business right now. Like, yeah, I'm in the gym a couple hours, six hours a day right now. But like, luckily, since I do so much in the summer, like I'm okay right now. But yeah. it's obviously hurting. I mean, I'm, I'm bleeding money by not being in the gym. But right, luckily, right. I also just sold my house like two weeks ago. Um, so I have, I have a cushion to where I'm okay. Um, yeah. And oh, that if, was good if you timing. Get, my goodness. Yeah, you like seriously, like wow, so happy that like literally the, the house closed like four weeks ago, three weeks ago. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so now you know I, I'm just gonna set up my my online training business so that I can help people while they're at home, and if that takes off, great. And if it doesn't, I'm okay for now. And and you know it does suck, but like it is what it is. I, I I'm not gonna yeah. be worried. I I'll find other ways. Um. Well, let's let's stay in that path because you know you, you mentioned you're only a couple years removed from playing. What was that decision to kind of stop playing and get into the into this world of kind of being an entrepreneur and a business owner? Can you just take us through that that decision? Yeah, absolutely. Idea behind it? Uh, yeah, and I, I, luckily, I mean, luckily and not luckily. So what happened was, so I was playing at Western Michigan University. Um, I could have left after my sophomore year. I had a really good year. I had most NHL teams wanting to sign me and have me leave early. And I decided I was the captain as a sophomore. I said, I want to stay one more year and help this program continue to go in the right direction. And I came back and we lost a couple of our really key players and I had a bad year. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't have a bad year. I did not have as good of a year. Um, only had a couple teams wanting to sign me. Luckily, one of them was the Boston Bruins. So I signed with the Bruins. I go there, play in the AHL at the end of the season, do really well, really well. They're like, you're going to play in the NHL soon, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure they tell everyone that. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if that's it, true. <laughs> I, I mean, who, I, I don't know. But like, you <laughs> right, know, they got. Right, right. I mean, I think they should just be truthful, but I think they should tell <laughs> right. the truth to the guys, not lie sure. to them, but also get in their ear like you have a shot if you work hard. Because I think that motivation yeah. is a big thing. And feedback which is a whole nother thing where I don't, I'm not a big fan of the feedback loops that are with some of these NHL teams. Um, but so I go there and, and, I, and I have a really good year. Um, I, I broke my wrist in playoffs, but I kept playing. Uh, and I go home in the summer and the first time I was skating, I fell going full speed and hit my head on the boards, knocked myself out, freak accident. And I wound up missing the entire next year. 
Uh, the, I missed the rest of the summer working out. I missed the entire next year of playing, sitting in Providence, going to see doctors in Boston five times a week, driving up there, which looking back was so dumb. I should have just lived in Boston. Um, so I came back the next year, got another concussion halfway through, even though like, I think through the first like 30 games, 20 games, I was leading the AHL and rookie scoring maybe doing really well, but I, I just kept getting concussions. So um, after that year, the year after I decided, you know what, I'm going to start a training company because it's the only reason I was able to play at any high level, juniors, college, or have an NHL contract. So I love this stuff. It's my life. And I started with two clients that year just to kind of do something in the summer when I was done working out. And then the next year that turned into 10 and then the next off season, it turned into 30 and it just kind of snowballed to where, um, my last year playing in Austria was my 10th year professionally. Um, I had, I had gathered a couple more concussions along the way, not too many, maybe two or three more minor ones, but I was like, man, I'm starting to make a lot of money with my training or doing well, getting, getting notoriety right. and, 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 and pros are coming to me and stuff like that to where, okay, I can risk my head. Cause you know, who knows what's going to happen if I get another one. And I, I'm a guy who stood in front of the net. I, I wasn't a fighter or anything, but like I was tough stood in front of the net, loved playing down low, penalty killer, that type of player. So I was definitely more at risk. And I decided, you know what, it just makes more sense for me to, to, to retire and, and follow this route. And although I didn't get to achieve my ultimate goal of playing in the NHL, which I, I kind of gave up on when I went to Europe um, seven years prior, it was it, it's really pushed me to help push guys to reach whatever their goals are. So that was kind of the reasoning that I retired. It was like, stay healthy the rest of my life and be do, keep continuing in this path I'm on or play till I'm 40, which was always my goal as long as I was making good money and I was healthy. But for me, yeah. you know, with all these studies coming out and stuff like that, I had over 10 concussions. So, um, it was definitely a very, very hard decision. And it's one where I still know that I could play right now. Like I could play yeah. tomorrow if, if we were healthy and playing, but now's my time to give the push to the next generation of St. Louis hockey players. And with this app players all over the world. Um, 10 over 10 concussions, Jeff, Mike, that's, yeah. Well, that's I also, number. you know, it's, it's a big number. I think it was actually probably closer to 14. Only two of those, only one of those was, was very major, um, where I missed that year and a half. And then I had right. two more where I missed about a month. And then other than that, the other ones were a couple days. It is also completely my fault. Um, I, yeah, I'm, and we didn't know this concussions were not talked yeah. about. 15 years ago when I was playing juniors or whatever it was. Oh, no. Oh, longer. Oh, my God. That's embarrassing. Um, in college, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it was just like, hey, have you had any concussions? And I always said no. Uh, you know, in college, I'm like, nah, I never had any. I don't think I've had any. Things like that. You know, I didn't really think about how dangerous it could be. So um, pretty stupid on my part. However, I'm healthy today and, I, and I'm, I'm lucky that I am where I am. And um a big part of that, honestly, has been CBD. Actually, Rob Shrimp and, and my buddy Marvin Dagon, they, they're the athlete advisors for a, um, a CBD company. And that really yeah. helped my brain when I retired. So that, that's been big. That company's called Veda. But just doing anything I can to keep my brain healthy. What? So do you have any, do you have any like lingering uh, symptoms or whatever from the concussions? Uh, I've taken medicine since that first concussion, um, probably eight months into my, my, 
I guess you would call it like rehab post. I had po- what's called post concussion syndrome PCS, yeah. which is funny because I also have that PCS um, tattooed on my chest, and I've had it there since I was uh, nineteen. It's my dad, mom, and sister's initials, and then post concussion oh syndrome winds up kind of kind of <laughs> derailing my life, but uh, right. kind of ironic. Um, but I take I've been taking medicine for twelve years now, every day. Um, it's an antidepressant and I wasn't depressed when I was playing, but what the doctors told me at mass general hospital in Boston was that, um, this one antidepressant at a low dose had, was shown to positively affect, um, your vestibular system, which to break it down is basically your ears and your eyes talking to your body to know where it is in the world, kind of like proprioception space and time. Um, so one of my big issues was coming back, I would like do a half a turn and I would be dizzy or I'd close Mm -hmm. my eyes and I'd fall over. Um, so what they found was that this medicine helped. So I I went, I also went and saw, um, all the concussion specialists, Mickey Collins, um, and all the doctors out at, 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 um, university of Pittsburgh medical clinic where I know Crosby had went, he got, he got his bad one like a year after mine. And I heard Mm -hmm. that's where he went. They helped me out immensely. Um, and a big thing for, for coming back for me was, was, you know, that long ago, 12 years ago or whatever it was, it was like the protocol was, all right, if you wake up and you feel good, we're going to have you ride the bike. And if you feel good, we'll go harder the next day. And then if you feel good, you'll skate. And like, if you don't feel good, you got to take two more days off. So it was just like this never ending cycle of like, if you feel good, you can push it. And if you don't, we have to restart the whole thing and you got to take a couple days off. And I learned at that concussion clinic, like you got to keep doing things and keep moving. They, they They taught me how. And as soon as I went there, I was back in like two months skating. It was crazy. So um, I encourage anyone who's had concussion problems, really seek out a concussion specialist, not a general doctor, not a general practitioner, not the team doctor who's looking at elbows go and see someone who's who specifically works in concussions and sports because it will definitely help you how hard so i remember so this is the you know you mentioned sid was a year after you when you're going through this and i remember talking to players and you know of course we sid was celebrated because he took it so seriously it it really kind of gave people the the um, playbook and how to deal with concussions but i remember talking to players and they're like well yeah you know it's one thing for sid to take as long as he needs because he knows he's going to have a roster spot. How, how, you know, how challenging was it for you as a guy coming off a good year in the AHL, you're knocking on the door to, you know, almost mask it and just be like, okay, I'm just going to plow through this. Like that would be really hard. It was, I mean, that, that year was uh, where I didn't play was the hardest year of my life. No doubt about it. I mean, think about it. Like I was always an underdog. Um, you know, I was told, uh, you know, you're not good enough to play juniors. And then I go to juniors and have three points my first year. <laughs> and then the next year, like, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to, that's when I got into working out the next year. I think I had like 16 or 17 goals. I went from one goal yeah. to 16 or 17 in the USHL. Like I always loved being the underdog. I fed off of it. Um, and, and so I go to college, kind of the same thing. And, and the guys were, they weren't making fun of me for how hard I worked and always carrying a water bottle around. It was, it wasn't like they were picking on me. It was just like it was fun banter uh that where vex where's your water bottle vex where's your protein shake even the coaches got in on it but but i always kept doing me because it was always forcing me again like we talked about right now you can use this time to get better or or you'll get worse so like look in the mirror and do something so for me to be that guy who i i sign an nhl deal i'm like so close to my goal and then get that concussion and 
I thought I, you know, I was thinking during that concussion, I'm never going to play again. I, I, mm. I was trying to push it over and over. I tried to push it and I just kept getting set back. I kept feeling terrible. I couldn't even go to the grocery store for more than three minutes without having to go outside and feeling like crap. Like it was, it was pretty bad. Um, but yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Sidney Crosby's got a roster spot until he doesn't want it. But you know, somebody who's a fourth line NHL or who like just made the team the first year, it's hard to, to stay home when that's your that's your goal you've been working towards your whole life and then you factor in the money you go from making you know a hundred grand in the AHL to, to 700 grand or 800 or a million in the show like it is very very hard but you know as we're seeing now brain health is pretty pretty important um, yeah no. so you just you get you got to weigh out those options but I, I talked about on our podcast once like somebody personally for me it's also a personal choice if somebody told me, Jeff, you can play in the NHL tomorrow, but you're going to die 10 or 20 years earlier. I mean, honestly, personally, I probably would have done that. <laughs> like, mm. that's how important it was to me to reach my goal and, and prove everyone wrong and prove myself right. Luckily, I wasn't given that opportunity <laughs> right. uh, to, take, to right. take a deal like that because I love what I'm doing now. And I truly think that I'm helping a lot of hockey players with the mental side while they're in the gym with me. And, and helping a lot of people on, on Instagram and Twitter and with our, with our podcast. So, um, you know, I don't believe in everything happens for a reason, but I do believe that it's not what happens to you. It's how you react to it. And I'm trying yeah. to react to the situations I've been put in positively and put out some good stuff into the world. Um, that's awesome. What a, what a great, great perspective. Um, I, I also wanted to ask you this because, um, we're in this moment in time right now. It, you know, one of the things I was doing before we talked was texting agents about college free agents. You know, this is the time where they're kind of weighing what to do. And you alluded to your, you know, your, your big season you had at Western and, and figuring out what you want to do. I'm looking at your hockey DB with, you know, 34 points in 37 games, 19 goals. Like you, you have your choice. What's that? What's that? like to be you know that the the college free agent the kid that everybody you know teams are trying to to recruit and what was that process like for you oh that was that was just a dream like i'll never yeah. forget that was you know that <laughs> yeah. was oh yeah it, it was amazing i mean that that year at western was my sophomore year western michigan was pre- the last 10 years had only had maybe one winning season but they were in the ccha yeah. one of the best college hockey leagues at the time, especially if you wanted to try and play in the NHL or pro, because it was it was very similar to the style of play as far as college hockey goes to pro hockey. You know, defensive battles, teams like Michigan, Michigan State, Ferris State, like just a lot of good hockey teams that played hard. Um, so it, when teams started, I, I got an agent um, around Christmas time of my sophomore year, well, advisor, because you can't call him an agent. That's I didn't right. pay him anything. Um, Who do you Scott use? Norton, out of curiosity. I, I had Scott Norton at the time and Justin oh, Duberman. Yeah. They were partners, but I, I was mainly with Scott Norton because he had uh, Paul Shahura on my team, Chris Frank, um, I think maybe a couple other guys as well. And they were like, hey, we like this guy. And I, I had never talked to an agent before other than Duberman when I was younger. Um, yeah. But back then, nobody had advisors to get to college. So I didn't. I decided not to go with them, and then I wind up, you know, joining their their organization, and just just having an agent or advisor be interested in me, saying that teams are talking about me, was like it was it was insane. It was unbelievable. I couldn't even believe it. Um, <laughs> right. 
it was very cool. And then at the end of at, at the end of that year, we had a really good year. We won our first playoff series. Oh, no, that was freshman year. We won the first one. Um, but we, we just had a really good year at Western. I think we finished like sixth, which is insane because we, they were always in 12th before that. Yeah. And um, the Washington Capitals reached out and asked me to come to their development camp. And Matt, like, just the coolest feeling in the entire world. I was there with Nicholas Backstrom um, right after he got drafted fifth overall. So to be around a guy like that and guys who were playing in the show the year before in the AHL, like, it was so insanely cool. Like, you get the ge- – you go to you go to this development camp and you're like, you know, okay, I've been to camps before. I'm going to wear my – no, no, no. You wear all brand new gear. They give you helmet, pants, gloves, jerseys, socks. Like everyone looks like they're actually playing for the Capitals. So right. um, you're, 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 you're sitting in the locker room where the Capitals sit. So for a kid from St. Louis who barely anyone made it out of St. Louis as when I was growing up, it was just like – I felt like I had already made it. It was, it was just so cool. Um, you know, that's an experience that I will never, ever, ever forget, but something that completely opened my eyes at that camp. So we had to do off ice testing at that camp and, you know, I'm in college hockey and I was really into working out, was into training. There's a difference between training and working out. I was really into training to be a hockey player. Um, but I was doing college type type workouts back then. So like benching and squatting and all these things that now I believe don't actually matter, um, as much. And I get under the bench press. I had to have done either the first or the second best uh, bench press in the whole camp. I think I did like 275, like five times maybe or something, which, you know, for a 20, 21 year old was good for a hockey player. Nicholas Backstrom gets up on the bench press and I swear to God, I'm pretty sure he couldn't bench press 135 pounds or 185. I can't remember what it was, but it was super light. Like I wouldn't even warm up with the weight that he could not do. And something in my head clicked. I, I was yeah. watching him do it. I'll never forget it. And I was like, all right, that's the fifth overall draft pick. Obviously, yeah. I'm not the type of player he is, but he can't bench press my my warm-up weight. I'm training the wrong way. Yeah, and right. Something, on, something I, I start, doesn't align here. That's right. Right. And although we're completely different players and I'm no, not even – he's got more talent in his pinky than I have as far as hockey goes. Yeah. But like it clicked in my head. I need to start doing different things and get like whatever. Jack Blatherwick was the strength coach for them at the time. And he talked about don't, if you can train inside of a phone booth, inside of a phone booth, you're doing it wrong. And that stuck with me. That was when I was like 21 years old. I'm 34 now. That stuck with me for 13 years and has been Mm. kind of the basis of how I started training athletes. Like what is it? What do you mean by that? If you can train in in a phone booth, like if you're, what does he mean by that? So like um, powerlifting you know, bench, squat, deadlift. Right. If you're just not moving, like, yeah, you're you're not moving. You're in the same plane. You're going up and down and and you're, you're, there's no changing of planes. There's no twisting. There's no rotating. Um, Yes. It will get you strong in, in those specific exercises, but like all sports, especially hockey are not played in a phone booth. And right. Those are bilateral exercises, which means two feet, two limbs, two feet. Um, two feet on the ground. Well, when you're skating, it's one leg at a time that's pushing. Yes, you're using both legs, but it's always one leg. So Mike Boyle is huge on like unilateral training, which means like single limb basically. And once I read his book, who actually, we also had him on our podcast pretty early. I don't know how Tove got him. Like he's the guy I looked up to and changed the way I thought about training after that Nicholas Backstrom thing. And as soon as I started doing that and focusing on kind of learning other ways to train and be an athlete in ways that I believe work and have been proven to work, 
um, everything kind of changed. But yeah, training in a phone booth is more like powerlifting. Like think of it that right. way. Gotcha. Um, so what? So as you're going through that process and, and teams are showing interest, what what sold you on the Bruins? Like what was that with that courting like? Well, like I said, so after my sophomore year, I had teams calling me and, and calling Scott kind of off the hook. Is he going to leave? Is he going to leave? Is he going to sign? Yeah. And actually, one one really funny story. After my sophomore year, I'm not going to say which team because you could probably look back and find out which GM it is. And I'm sure he doesn't <laughs> care. But I had a team call me. And I'm sitting at my desk at school doing homework. I remember it was a few days after the season. And he's like, hey, Jeff, this is you know so-and-so GM of this NHL team. And we talked for about a half an hour. And he's like, yeah. you know, do you remember my playing time? You remember watching me because I played for the Blues for a bit. And I was like, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. And the conversation ends. He's like, well, are you interested in signing with us? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm deciding right now if I'm going to go back to school for another year or I'm going to leave. And he's like, wait, you're not a senior? And I was like, oh, no, I'm a sophomore. So just funny that an NHL GM is calling me trying to get me to sign. And he doesn't even no. know what grade in school I'm in. Oh my gosh. You know, so that was pretty funny. That's but pretty fast funny. forward the next year and, you know, I did, I did decide to come back, which in, in hindsight, I, I shouldn't have done. I'm someone who likes being challenged. And I felt like probably deep down, I, I had done what I needed to do in college and I should have, should have left after that sophomore year just yeah. to, to go to the next challenge. But hindsight's 2020, whatever. Um, so after the season, I didn't have as good of a year. Uh, the team didn't have as good of a year, and I was the captain, so that obviously reflects on me, I believe. I had two teams that were interested in signing me, and Boston, uh, you know, with my agent, they offered me the, the most money, but it was more of, I thought the Bruins were my style of team. Like, again, I wasn't a fighter by any means, but I told them, look, I'll fight any time that I have to, and, like, I, I'll never back down. This was pre-concussion, obviously. Um, yeah. And, and I'll fight anybody you want me to, and, and I'll always play hard. You'll never have to worry about that. And that, that, that was their style. So that made sense to me. And I was like, you know what, that's perfect. So I signed with them. And two days later, I'm on an airplane going to, to, to Boston, getting my physical. And I played in the AHL in Providence less than a week, or I think it was like exactly a week after my last college game. Um, and I actually scored a goal and assist and I was the first star of the game. And it was literally like, <laughs> It was cloud nine. And you go back to talking about the mental the mental side. Somebody had told me to read the book, The Secret, on the plane on the way to Boston after I signed. And, uh, you know, I'm really into like, you know, thoughts have weight, thoughts are things, being positive, right. always saying what you want to achieve and writing it down. And so I read that book and I was just like, I'm going to do this. I don't care who's telling me I'm not good enough yet or I'm not ready. And I go there and I get an assist in the second period on Byron Bitts' goal, who played with my cousin Topher at Cornell. And then I scored on Al Montoya, who I always looked up to um, because he played with Topher in Chicago when he was younger and he was really good. And I scored my first pro goal against him. Him and then first star so it was just such like a, a whirlwind and it was so insanely cool and i look back and i still don't believe it happened that's awesome that's uh, yeah that's great um who was on that team that would have been what brad marchand i'm trying to think of that yeah era, so Mar marshy did the same thing i did i think he signed that year and he came at the end of that year or it was the next year i can't i think it was yeah he came at the end of that year so it was like Brad Marchand, Adam McQuaid, Nate Thompson, yeah. Jeff Hogan, Tuka Rask. Uh, like so many guys who played for the Bruins and were mainstays were on that on that Providence team. And actually when I came, I came from Western where we would win like two out of 10 games. In Providence, we won 13 of 14 to finish the regular season as the regular season champs. So I went from losing every game 
to being a pro, winning every game, and only working like an hour and a half to two hours a day. Like it was just, it was unbelievable. It was the best time of my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I I didn't even get to half the things on my list here. This was a blast to do, Jeff. And I, and I think, honestly, especially the first half, people... I think you're going to help a lot of people and I, and I really appreciate what you're doing right now to kind of get people off their couches off of Netflix for a few minutes and, and just get engaged right now. I think it's an important time to do that. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And yeah, if anybody wants free workouts, just follow me on Instagram and 6 PM central right now is the time I've been doing it, but I kind of just put on my story or on Twitter. Hey, tonight I'm going to do a live workout at this time. Anyone who joins, let me know. And like I talked about earlier, I feed off positivity. So like even just sending me a thumbs up saying you're doing it, like that'll keep me, keep me doing it. If one per, if I can help one person have less anxiety and get their heart rate up and cause it's healthy for your immune system to, to be working out, I will do my part during this, uh, during this crazy time. That's going to go down. It's, this is a historical moment. This will go down in history. So just trying to do a teeny tiny, teeny part to help people stay healthy. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot. And, uh, we'll catch up soon. And, Thank you very Good much. Good luck. All right. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Take care. I want to thank Jeff for joining the podcast this week and also just thank him for all the work he's doing and, and the passion and just the the help. It, it seems like he sincerely really wants to help people get through this um, to, to stay sane, mentally, physically fit. Um, and I definitely would encourage you a couple of things. This is, a, this is a couple of plugs for Jeff here that, that come – uh, with complete sincerity, definitely follow him on Instagram. So that is at Jeff Lovecchio, L-O-V-E-C-C-H-I-O. Um, and that's where you can follow along when he goes live to do those, you know, those, those training sessions from home. Um, and also just some really good, a lot of, uh, you know, different sessions or a lot of different kind of training regimens that he shares on his Instagram page. Also, um, you can follow him on Twitter. And you can find him on Twitter at Jeff Lavecchio, J-E-F-F-L-O-V-E-C-C-H-I-O. And he's a good follow on Twitter. And last, as I mentioned in the intro, and I think we mentioned a couple times during the conversation, he does a great podcast called the Hockey Think Tank Podcast um, that you can get on iTunes or, or anywhere with a lot of good guests. Um, some, you know, some names that you will know in hockey. And then so, you know, a lot of times when it's someone you're like, oh, I don't recognize this person, it ends up being a great listen because they're on there because they're smart and they're doing good things in the world of, of hockey. And, and I would also encourage you to check out that podcast. Two more things before we wrap up. Definitely, while you're listening to pods, check out Scott and Pierre's Two Man Advantage. They had Bill Daly on. Very uh, timely interview with everything going on with uh, uh, the coronavirus. So um, check out that. And also earlier this week, we had a bonus episode of The Full 60, if you missed it, with Scott Wheeler. We do our monthly look at prospects. And Scott was on, and it was it was a really fun conversation. So go give that a listen if you haven't already. And that's it. That's all the plugs. We can jam into one uh, podcast in one day. So thank you so much. Hope you're being safe out there. Um, thank you so much for listening and following along here. Have a great week.